When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Very sad news today about Rupert Murdoch. Um, no, 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 no. He's not in our Who Died Today segment. That comes later in the show. And he didn't make it to that particular segment yet. He's 92 years old. He's the executive chairman of Fox. Um, not only has he been told by the judge, yeah, you know, if you get called uh, to take the stand in the Dominion $1.6 billion defamation suit over there at Fox News, uh, you're going to have to take the stand. Wait, what? Yeah, look, I know you already did your deposition and you already said that uh, you were aware <laughs> that... Uh, you were aware that several of your hosts endorsed election lies on the air and that you knew were false. Um, did you, Rupert? Did you throw in your hosts under the bus? But I digress. The sad news is uh, we told you about a month ago that he was going to get married again to Ann Leslie Smith, who is 66 years of age, only 26 years younger than Rupert. Uh, well, she's a little long in the tooth for Rupert. And that engagement is now off. Right now. Uh, I, he said that he was all in love with her. He said, I didn't want to fall in love. Uh, I knew this would be my last. But we decided to get married. And gosh darn it, we wanted to just spend the second half of our lives together. Yeah, well, no, not anymore. Why? Why? Are, am I too old for you? Um, are you all tied up in this lawsuit? No, um, you really are just too religious. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you're too religious for me, okay? Uh, I, I just heard your interview on the Christian Broadcasting Network and what you said on the Christian Broadcast Network about uh, letting the Lord take control of your life and how the, uh, out of ruins you can rise and let the oil of his anointing just be all over you. Yeah, that's too much for me. So, Leslie, uh, I love you, but uh, we're not getting married, okay? So, take care, good luck, God bless. You know, your evangelical Christian God bless, but I'm out. <laughs> welcome. Uh, welcome to Chewing the Fat. <laughs> So for the third time in four years, Hartsfield-Jackson-Atlanta International Airport is the busiest airport in the world. Congratulations to Hartsfield-Jackson-Atlanta International for being the number one busiest airport in the world. 93.7 million passengers passed through that airport last year, up 23.8% from 2021, although I will say that's still down from uh, 2019, from, you know, pre-COVID. And then number two, who's been battling it out, at least they were number one during the COVID 
era was uh, DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth. They only had 73.4 million passengers through their gates this year, this past year. Denver, number three, 69.3 million passengers. Chicago, number four. Dubai, number five, 66.1 million passengers. Los Angeles, Istanbul, 64.3, 64.3 million passengers through Istanbul, Turkey. Wow. London Heathrow, number eight. Uh, Delhi, India, uh, number nine. And coming in at number 10, Paris, Charles de Gaulle, uh, 57.5 million passengers. Wow. So one, two, three, four, five, five of the top 10 are United States and four of the top five are United States. Well, congratulations to the United States of America for having the busiest airports in the world. Uh, speaking of uh, airlines, uh, Delta Airlines pilot uh, was handcuffed, shoved into a shower and interrogated for more than an hour after the FBI and the DOD broke into his hotel room and uh, then they realized, hey, this is the wrong place. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'll get you out of handcuffed. We'll get you these ha- out of these handcuffs and get you out of here. Sorry about that. <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, uh, we didn't mean to. Wait, what? Yeah, we were uh, we were practicing uh, the FBI and the DOD together and We were going to simulate a situation where personnel might encounter in a deployed environment. And we were, you know, we were told that this was the room we needed to go here on the 15th floor, but it was the wrong one. (laughs) Maybe that's what you need to practice on. Uh, Instead of practicing your interrogation, maybe you ought to practice on going to the correct room. (laughs) Let's start with that. Let's just start with the basics, shall we? Let's go. Let's make sure it's the right room. But hey, we're sorry. Uh, We didn't mean it. We got the EMS. We called them. Make sure you're okay. He said, uh, no, I'm fine. And he didn't want to comment. He said that uh, he would not uh, comment before speaking with his employer before uh, before he made any comments. So he wanted to get back with Delta. He's a pilot with Delta. So he's an unidentified pilot. No name. Uh, He was just sleeping when the agents arrived. And, uh, they open, he woke up and opened the door. So they knocked, they didn't bang. They didn't break the door down. They did open, they did knock and he opened the door in the middle of the night. And that's when they pulled barged in and began the interrogation scenario, put him in handcuffs, placed him in the shower <laughs> for more than 45 minutes. And I'm sure he's saying like, what is going on? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a pilot. I'm so-and-so. I'm a Delta pilot. I'm sleeping. I'm waiting to catch my flight in about seven hours. Uh, what do you want from me? And then they realized, oh, hey, hey, um, yeah, we're not, this is the wrong. We're sorry, man. Wish we could, wish we could do something more for you, but we are sorry. Now, apparently... Boston police were called from hotel security. Hotel security is like, hey, something's going on. We need the police department here. The police showed up and the FBI and the DOD said, yeah, hey, it's a training exercise. Sorry, we screwed up. Uh, We just had a little issue. No problem. Now there's body cam footage from the Boston police department. So you got to believe that the FBI and the DOD has some body cam footage were filming this as well, right? It was a training exercise. You got to film it to go back and 
take a look at it. So, I mean, before we start the film, I'd like to say, let's practice on, say, the actual room that you're supposed to break into, and then repeat it back. And let's do that first. Okay? Okay, thank you. <laughs> sorry, though. We are sorry. Man, we wish we would have... Wish we would have done it in the right room and talked to the right person and had the right training exercise. Sorry to bother you, Mr. Pilot. You take care now. <laughs> sad. Sad, sad, sad. Another kind of sad story. I mean, NPR, which uh, usually tries to play the role, according to this story, which, okay, uh, soft-spoken sidekick, uh-huh. But uh, the social media platform, Twitter, uh, which you could follow me at, at Jeffy JFR, uh, has listed uh, NPR as U.S. state-affiliated media. <laughs> uh, yeah, which, uh, according to this article, which means suggests that it's an accessory to the U.S. government. Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, we all know that, right? It kind of is. So Twitter started using the label, the state-affiliated media label, pre-Elon, Remember those days. You don't get those days back. But uh, they define state-affiliated media as outlets where the state exercises control over editorial content. And up until this week, its policy explicitly said that state-funded media operating with editorial independence, like uh, the BBC, uh, the, the NPR is now in that, on, well, they're on that list. It also means that... Uh, they will not be amplified via Twitter's recommendation algorithm. I will say, since I haven't paid for my blue check mark and I'm still just, uh, you know, a legacy verified account. I mean, it says uh, this account is verified because it's subscribed to Twitter Blue or is a legacy verified account. I am a legacy verified account. I am not paying for Twitter Blue. And I will say that it does seem that uh, I am not really being pushed and my follower count has started to slow down uh, quite a bit. My reach seems to have been, uh, the noose has tightened a little bit on the old at Jeffy JFR, but you know, whatever, that's fine. I got it. You do what you want, Elon. So I know that people, NPR was pissed. Their chief of communications officer told the New York times less than 1% of the of our yearly operating budget comes from government-funded grants. I find that hard to believe. I'd like to take a look at that. But, I don't know, if that's true, we'll see. Uh, most of the organization's uh, funding comes from individual and business donations. Uh-huh. Uh, other media orgs that receive substantial government funding, like Voice of America and U.S. military newspaper Stars and Stripes, don't have the label as of yet. <laughs> right. Uh, and the label's edition not only suggests to the NPR account's 8.8 million Twitter followers that anyone who views it, that its reporting is less than credible. I think we already knew that. Uh, it also means NPR will not be amplified. Yeah, during the algorithm. Yeah, we talked about that. We got that. So uh, the site also just took away uh, the verification badge for the New York Times. Huh while leaving them uh, other news outlets after the Times said it wouldn't pay for the blue check. 
and several reporters who criticized Musk had their account suspended last year. Man, they do not like Elon taking away their blue check mark. I don't either, really. I don't want my blue check mark gone because I kind of like it. I got used to having it. But, you know, it is what it is. And I don't want to see it go away. You know, I don't want to see Daddy take my toy away. But he's not taking the toy away. He's just taking, you know, some of the paint off the toy. Right? I'm trying to think of a good analogy of what that is. Because <laughs> you're still able to tweet. Uh, you lose you lose the uh, amplification, but you still get to tweet. And the people that you follow, you'll still be able to see them. Uh, so it's kind of a weird thing. I, I don't know. It's just kind of a weird thing that I like having it is all. <laughs> so don't take my toy away or don't take my toy away no you can still have the toy but it's not painted like it used to be yeah that's what it is it's the same kind of just the same toy it's just a different color and i don't like the new color all right let's go to the break room <laughs> i need something cold to drink desperately <laughs> So it looks as though CNN is trying to get rid of Don Lemon and they don't know how to do it because they've let him slide for a number of years now. There's a big story in Variety now ex exposing malicious text, mocking female co-workers and his diva-like behavior. <laughs> and they do. this is a huge little Don Lemon expose for Variety. And I'll just, I'll read you the opening uh, paragraph. Back in 2008, Don Lemon was co-anchoring CNN's Live From weekday show with Kara Phillips, a gig that he landed after he arrived at the network two years prior from local news in Chicago. For months, tensions between the pair kept mounting. On more than one occasion, a Live From producer and a newsroom supervisor had to pull Lemon off the air during a commercial break. Because, well, they didn't pull him off the air. They just pulled him to the side during a commercial break. But weird wording there. Okay. Uh, make it seem like they took him off the air, which they did not do. That was during a commercial break. Hey, Don, come here. Uh, because of the anchor's provo provocative antics. Uh, not unlike his recent declaration that the 51-year-old Nikki Haley isn't a viable presidential candidate because she isn't in her prime. Amid the charged atmosphere, sources say Lemon disrespected colleague Nancy Grace on the air and Soledad O'Brien during an editorial meeting attended by roughly 30 staffers. The kids are fighting. <laughs> the kids at CNN are all fighting. I mean, I'm kind of okay with him, uh, you know, disrespecting Nancy and Soledad. But okay, I get, you know what? No, I'm not. I don't, I, you know, I got it. We all love Nancy Grace, right? I guess he mocked her on the air. <laughs> so Nancy doesn't like him. She's a big deal. Uh, she was on CNN, CNN Headline News, uh, big hoity-toit uh, during those days. So you don't want to mess with Nancy at that time, right? So now he's on CNN this morning. And uh, it's just, he's, uh, he's a douchebag altogether, okay? He's a douchebag. His treatment of women, his unprofessional antics have gone back years. And for whatever reason, CNN keeps him around because he's a gay black man. Now, at the time, I think when he first started, I don't know that he was actually out as 
a gay black man. Although I don't think he kept it secret. I don't think that he was actually out saying that he was a gay black man. But, you know, he obviously was and is. And everyone knew it at the time. And I guess he started dating one of the underlings, too, at the studios, of course, which is frowned upon. But, hey, whatever. Eh, Whatever. Eh, eh, It's just Don. It's just Don being Don. So these stories keep coming out about uh, Don Lemon. His time is over very soon at CNN. I thought it was going to end up being over after the, you know, the Nikki Haley comments, but who knows now he's paired up with Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins. And that was after, you know, the Nikki Haley thing. He's, he's, uh, you know, he's, uh, given Essie cup a hard time. <laughs> he's given pretty much everyone a hard time, but I, He's still there. I mean, we got rid of Cuomo. We we cleaned house on a few other people, and he's still there. So, Don, good for you. Good for you. I know he won a bunch of money or claims to have won a bunch of money in Chicago against Tower Records in a civil lawsuit a few years ago. He's always said that he doesn't need the money. He's got plenty of money from that lawsuit. Uh, okay. Uh, good for you. Then get off the air. Nobody's watching your stupid show anyway. I do. You know, I mean, we end up talking about him. He gets more coverage. You know, more people are listening to this show than listening to Don Lemon's morning show on CNN. But whatever. Good luck, Don. Good luck. I hope everything works out for you. And you just keep, you just keep bad mouthing women. Okay, you just keep doing that. Bad mouthing women. Bad mouthing men. And you just. Go on, baby. Keep going, Don. Keep going. You know what? You should go hang out with Jussie Smollett. Uh, you should absolutely do that. Wasn't he on Jussie's side for a while? I mean, it was reported. Uh, Jussie Smollett testified in court that uh, he learned Chicago police doubted his story after Don Lemon texted him. Uh, okay. I mean, that's what Jussie said in court. Now, he's a you know absolute liar. And Don Lemon never turned his phone over. So we can say we don't know for sure that that actually happened. But we know what was testified to in court. Although Jesse lied about other things in court too. So he could absolutely lie about that as well. That's a completely other another story. But I'm just saying that Don Lemon was in on that as well. Uh, it's just a, you know what? It's just Don Lemon being Don Lemon and the douche that he is. And maybe Donald Trump was right when he called him dumb as a rock. (gasps) No, 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 no. But I will say, when you start getting these big exposés like that uh, released and with uh, people talking about inside meetings and stuff that's going on behind the scenes at CNN, uh, that, that stuff is being leaked by the network. Absolutely. And so they're trying to find another way. Hopefully he goes away. Right, that, I guess probably what they want is for Don just to go away. Problem is, where does he go away to? Carol Burnett, back in the news. Carol Burnett, who turns 90 later this month. Uh, you know, I saw her on, uh, she did, uh, she was on Better Call Saul, uh, the final season of Better Call Saul. She was, you know, she was fine. She was great in, in, in her character on Better Call Saul. She's going to appear in an upcoming Apple TV Plus series, Palm Royale. And uh, NBC is having a big to-do 
uh, with a special title, Carol Burnett, 90 Years of Laughter and Love. Actually, it says laughter plus love. 90 Years of Laughter Plus Love, Carol Burnett. And, you know, she was, uh, she was a monster star and has been for a long, long time. She has claimed now that uh, the only thing left on her to-do list is George Clooney. <laughs> so, George, you better get on that, bro. Get yourself a little Carol Burnett business. Speaking of TV shows, I see where uh, the FBI crossover event. Uh, they're all three FBI's. FBI International, FBI, and FBI Most Wanted had a cross-hour event, a three-hour FBI crossover and I haven't seen them yet. I've got them DVR'd, but it was uh, an all-time uh, largest audience of the season. 6.19 million viewers turning in across prime time for the FBI's uh, crossover events. I like international. I kind of like the regular FBI. The most wanted is okay. Dylan McDermott is now the lead guy in FBI Most Wanted and his character sometimes drives me insane the way they've built his character, but uh, it's uh, it's okay. I, I don't mind. It's a show that I, these these FBI shows and like the NCIS shows are. I like to just watch to you know pass the time. Like the regular NCIS and NCIS Hawaii have been pretty good. NCIS Los Angeles. I know this is their last season and good. Have a nice day. Take care. I see where Game of Thrones uh, is now looking at another prequel. To uh, game or I mean HBO is looking at another prequel to Game of Thrones, so there's going to be more Game of Thrones coming to HBO, and why not? I mean it's made them a fortune already. We tune in, we're going to tune in. We like the premise, we like the idea. Let's get to it. Uh, it should already have been done. I don't know why we're in talks. I don't know what we're doing. It should have already been done. There should have already been three prequels. <laughs> we should be back to men crawling out of the mud. I don't know. I don't care. The prequel of the prequel of the prequel of the prequel. Get to it, HBO. If you need a, you need assistance, email me. Chewingthefat at theblaze.com. Or you can always, you know, reach out. Twitter at JeffyJFR. Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. You can do that, okay? You can message me on my YouTube account, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. But what are we waiting around for? I know you're, Perry Mason's already done, right? Season two of Perry Mason is already done. The final season of Succession is already done. When those finish up, there should be the prequel to the prequel to the prequel of Game of Thrones ready to have their grand new show. Is it, a, is it a grand new show or a brand new show? Either way, it should be there. And there's a bunch of other stuff going on too. Amazon just signed a deal with the Indian government in an effort to, you know, grow the country's creative economy. <laughs> I mean, that's the growing huge market. Netflix is all over that. Amazon may as well be too. Um, and I see where YouTube is going to broadcast all six stages simultaneously at the 2023 Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival, April 14th through the 16th and April 21st 
through the 23rd. Why that hasn't been done before, I, I really don't know. But they'll be streaming from all the stages of the festival uh, with six separate live streams. And I guess they're going to have uh, content providers there uh, doing interviews. It should be fun. It's going to be a weekend, one live stream, sponsored. Uh, it's going to be awesome. That's a good move from YouTube. It's a good move from Coachella. Uh, it'll be it'll be fun to watch, and there'll be, be some great content. And uh, I guess they're going to have you know plenty of YouTube content creator stars along with artists and fans. So just be ready for Coachella on YouTube. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So who died today? Who died today? Bob Lee, the founder and tech mobile, uh, the founder of Cash App, was stabbed to death in the beautiful city, the healthiest city in America, according to uh, our poll the other day, San Francisco, California. Uh, I've, uh, all kinds of tributes are pouring in saying he would give you the shirt off his back. Okay, I mean, what else are they going to say? He was stabbed multiple times outside of a high-rise building in Plush, uh, Rincon Hill. Uh, San Francisco police have not yet made any arrests. Uh, I wonder why. And uh, so everyone is heartbroken. Bob Lee, 43, attacked uh, in downtown San Francisco neighborhood at 2.35 in the morning. What's he doing out at 2.35 in the morning? <laughs> Nothing good happens after midnight. Stay home. You should, this is, uh, I realize this is American. You should be able to go out and do what you wanted at 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But what are you doing out at 2.35 in the morning? So many of his colleagues uh, have blamed city leaders for losing control of the rising violence. Uh, yeah. Uh, claiming that uh, the city leaders have blood on their hands. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, that's exactly correct, San Francisco. But uh, very sad, very sad. Uh, Bob Lee, at the age of 43, dead. Rest in peace. Well, murdered in San Francisco. Still rest in peace, though. Then uh, another name on who died today, Klaus Tuber. You know Klaus. He was the creator of Catan, the board game Catan, who I believe is in the uh, game hall, the toy hall of fame. Uh, Catan, uh, originally uh, called the Settlers of Catan, introduced in 1995, based on a set of hexagonal tiles, sold millions, I mean millions of copies of this game. He started designing board games in his basement while working as a dental technician in Germany. He said, I had many problems with uh, the company and the profession. I developed games to escape 
This was my own world I created. Very sad, Klaus Tuber at the age of 70 has passed away after a brief illness, according to the family statement. Another name to who died today, Rory McGrath. Remember, he was a fugitive. He was the ex-chief of staff of former Maryland governor, Governor Hogan. This was your former governor, governor, finally, Larry, Larry Hogan, you know. Anyway, he was a fugitive, and we talked about him being on the run, right? And nobody knew where he was. Well, uh, we found him in, uh, in uh, just outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, and he's dead now. So the FBI, uh, if you're a fugitive uh, and they find you, uh, I guess they shoot you dead. <laughs> Apparently, he was. they were in a parking lot. He was surrounded. This is what's being reported now. I, haven't, I don't know that the FBI has actually commented or the Fugitive Task Force has commented, but he was in a shopping center in Farragut, Tennessee, and that's about 800 miles north of his South Florida home. Remember, he was supposed to, uh, he was supposed to turn himself in, and then he just disappeared. And it was uh, said that uh, the parking lot was just filled with unmarked police vehicles around this white SUV. And it's being reported that he was uh, asked to get out of his car. And I guess he reached for something. That was a mistake. Uh, You should not do that. That's a good rule of thumb. Uh, When you're pulled over by any authority figure uh, wearing a uniform and holding a gun, when they tell you to put your hands up and get out of your vehicle, don't reach for something. Oh, here, let me get my... No, don't do that because they get nervous. They have an itchy trigger finger when someone in the car goes, uh, yeah, let me get my... And you reach. Yeah, no, that's a mistake. Just get out of your vehicle. (laughs) So then they rushed him to the hospital and he died at the hospital. So everybody's sad about his death. I really don't understand... Uh, the deal, he was scared about something and went on the lamb and then he was supposed to be part of his trial in federal court for fraud and theft and falsifying records, but he went on the run for that. I mean, there's plenty of people on trial for fraud, theft, and falsifying records. They're not on the run, especially in today's world. But anyway, Rory McGrath, uh, very sad, uh, dead, shot and killed by, I assuming the FBI, or at least the Fugitive Task Force. He was 53 years of age. Rest in peace. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... Must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So the Masters, the golf tournament in Augusta, Georgia, begins today. And Tiger's going to be there, and we'll see how he does. I don't know. He's struggling uh, physically to handle the uh, the rigors of walking uh, so many holes every day at Augusta. We'll see how he holds up. Uh, I know, you know, in the past, he's had to struggle 
mentally and uh, he hasn't had to worry about the physical in the last few years it's been really hard for him to struggle mentally and have to overcome the physical battle so we'll see how Tiger does he'll be a huge draw let's hope he makes it to the finals I was seeing how much it costs to go to the Masters and uh, apparently you if you're lucky enough to get one if you if you get a pass you're good forever all right once you get one you're good forever you pay uh, 450 bucks a year, which I guess last year was $375, so it's gone up. Inflation has uh, affected your master's ticket. So if you have a badge, uh, you can always go for the rest of your life. You just have to re-up that membership every year. I don't know what happens if you don't. If you decide, well, I can't go this year, does it completely blow away, or do they ask you again the following year once you get it? Do they always ask you, and you could say yes or no? I don't know the answer to that. But you can get in for uh, you know 450 bucks if you already have a ticket. Now apparently you can sell them on the open market for thousands of dollars to get in, uh, and you know they have an annual lottery that lets people in there as well. And they talk about if you don't get your tickets directly from Augusta National, you're going to have to spend money. You can get uh, uh, you can get the patron badges the daily tournament tickets and practice round tickets. Okay. So that's the way to watch the masters. All right. The good thing about the masters is you spend all this money to get there. And then you wonder, well, how much is everything cost the concessions? Cause there's always event pricing going on at all these events, you know, the super bowls, whatever, whatever event you're at, uh, there's always event pricing. And that's not price gouging, by the way. Oh, no. Heaven forbid you think that's price gouging. No, no, no. That's event pricing. Okay? It's not price gouging. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, you know, fine. You finally got in. It's uh, supposed to be the second hardest to obtain rather than the Super Bowl. And you finally got in. So good for you. Now, how, how much things are going to cost? Well, apparently, you could buy one of every item on their concession menu for 66 bucks. I know everything is cheap, cheap, cheap. It's pretty incredible. The prices of things, uh, they have a picture here of the concession menu and you see the prices of all the items that you could get sandwiches, egg salad, pimento cheese, ooh, pork barbecue, master's club, chicken salad on honey wheat, ham and cheese on rye, classic chicken those are under the sandwiches buck 50 buck 50 three bucks three bucks three bucks three bucks three bucks uh master's club chicken salad ham and cheese classic chicken three bucks a piece two bucks for the pork and then a buck 50 for the pimento and the egg salad they should just be giving the pimento cheese sandwich away but that's just me under the breakfast and that's only served till 10 a.m okay you can get there there uh you get the master's blend fresh brewed coffee that's two bucks you get the chicken biscuit Two bucks. The breakfast sandwich, three bucks. The blueberry muffin, buck fifty. Mixed fresh fruit, two bucks. Pretty sweet, man. You can't find those prices everywhere. <laughs> uh, the beverages, let's see what we got for drinks here. A soft drink doesn't say what your choices are, but they're two bucks. Bottled water, two bucks. Fresh brewed iced tea, two bucks. Uh, what do you got in here? Let's see. Domestic beer is five bucks. Import beer is five bucks. White wine is six bucks. 
And they have a drink called Crow's Nest, which is $5. And that has a little master's flag on it as well. So it's a special little Crow's Nest drink. And then under snacks, you can get the chips, plain and barbecue, buck fifty, peanuts, buck fifty, southern cheese straws, two dollars, cookies, one fifty, Georgia pecan caramel popcorn. That is so good for a buck fifty. And the Georgia peach ice cream sandwich. I bet you that is delicious for $2.50. So once you get in, you're eating pretty cheap at the Masters. (laughs) But you got to get in. And that uh, you can quote me on that for just about anything in life. You got to get in. You know, then I, speaking of the Masters, I see a story about Jordan Spieth. Now, Jordan is a, you know, big time golfer. And uh, he, there's a story, I guess they were asking him, uh, they were asking the golfers uh, their weirdest stories that happened to them. And so Jordan is telling a story about the first time he sold his house in Dallas. He sold it for $2.6 million or whatever. It was a $2.8 million. And it was a starter home, five bedroom, 7,000 square feet. It doesn't, it doesn't really count as making it into my houses of the hoity-toity, but it's a nice place, right? And then he was moving to another North Dallas neighborhood, Preston Hollow, which is pretty nice, $7.1 million mansion, five bedrooms, six full bath, two and a half, uh, two and a half, six and two and, what? No, six full, two half bathrooms. Yeah, okay. And that was the Preston Hollow house. Anyway, so he's telling the story that he left some stuff in a safe at the original house, right? So he goes and tells the guy, hey, I left some stuff in the safe. Can you, you know, can I come and get it? And the guy says, oh, well, you know, sure, uh, you can have it back. But, I'd, you know, you know, I'd like, I'd, like to, I'd like to have dinner with you. And I would like to have uh, master's badges for the week. And uh, he said, uh, I was like, no, I think you should just return it because it's the right thing to do. Well, yeah, Jordan, it is the right thing to do. But, you know, why not help a brother out and let him into the Masters? Maybe that's what he said. I don't have time for dinner. Maybe that's what you could do, Jordan. Say, you know what? I don't have time for dinner, but, you know, you can. I'll get your Masters badges for the week, you know. And so, according to Jordan, he said, uh, well... You know, I'll tell you what, I'm out of town. Uh, I have my, we'll figure something out. So I'll just, can I have my mom just come and pick it up and uh, we'll figure something out. And apparently uh, the mom came and picked it up. So he got, you got your stuff that was in the safe, which was, I guess, was your high school ring and a few other things. I don't know what you had in your stupid safe that you would forget. And uh, then you haven't done anything for the guy. Oh. Okay, we're supposed to be okay with that. Well, I would say no, Jordan. That's kind of that's kind of being that's kind of a dick move. I know they say here that was a master negotiator. No, it wasn't. That was just him being a dick, and the guy thinking he's going to at least get something for helping Jordan out because he wouldn't. You know, technically, I well, let me say this, Jordan. Uh, I, I know it might be that seemed like the right thing to do, but you forgot. And he owns the house now. So whatever's there is his. So he doesn't necessarily have to give it back to you. I mean, that was, that'd be a, I'd like to have that. Now, does, does he need your high school ring or whatever other paperwork you had in the safe? 
I don't know, whatever non-disclosure agreements you had signed in your safe that you don't want people to know about? I don't know. But I just know that maybe you ought to do something for the guy. It seems a little bit rude that you could say, dude, that's funny. You know, I'm not going to have dinner or master's tickets, but, you know, I'll get you into one of the events, a, a Dallas event that you do here. Something. Be, be some kind of nice to the guy. Because while it seems to you that it's the right thing to do, it seems to me that he doesn't have to. Jordan. And now that you got it back and you had your mom go over and pick it up, then you haven't done anything for the guy? Not nice, Jordan. Not nice. And another person that's not nice is the governor of Connecticut. The governor of Connecticut, Ned Lamont. He's a Democrat. Uh, he was in Texas, Houston, Texas, to watch the national championship game uh, as UConn took on San Diego State. And he was doing a radio interview back home on the Chaz and AJ in the morning radio show on WPLR's FM. And uh, he told uh, he told them, hey, uh, you know, I was there in Houston. You walk around downtown Houston, which is but ugly. Not much there. Hey, uh, hey, Ned, why don't you why don't you go start a fight someplace else? OK, uh, we live in those of us that live in Texas can consider Houston but ugly, but you can't. Okay. <laughs> I live in DFW, been in Houston a few times. I'm not a big fan, although, you know, I kind of like it. I, I was made to like it because my, my, my buddy, my, you know, Pat Gray is, you know, loves Houston. And so we went there. I went there the last time I was in Houston, I went there with him and, uh, you know, he showed me around and, you know, I kind of liked it. All right. But I, I mean, I didn't think it was, but ugly. <laughs> but even if I did, that's me. I live in Texas and I live, I can call it butt ugly. Okay. But I'm not the governor from Connecticut. What's his deal? What's your deal? Ned Lamont. Not nice. Not nice. Okay. You're a governor of another state in the United States of America. You don't go to another state and another city and call it butt ugly. You just don't. That breaks protocol. That breaks nice protocol. You don't have to like it. And you can tell your friends that you thought Houston was butt ugly. But when you say it on the Chaz and AJ on the morning radio show on WPLR's FM, that's a problem. Okay, so why don't you take a hike, Ned? Okay, take a hike. Because we get to call Houston butt ugly, not you. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.